Welcome to the School for Healthcare Entrepreneurs, the only podcast that provides actionable insights into the healthcare industry. Brought to you by Emeta, the leading communication platform for your healthcare business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of School for Healthcare Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Anmol Obroy, and I'm the co-founder of Emeta a text message engagement and interaction platform for healthcare businesses. Today we have with us a very exciting guest who's who's going to talk about something very unique in the world of marketing for healthcare practices. We have with us Cole Field. Cole is a partner and director of strategy at Gromo Agency. Gromo is a different kind of consultancy that helps ambitious leaders find better ways to grow their brand and businesses. And, And I'm sure that everybody who's going to listen to this episode is definitely going to realize that Cole brings with him a very unique and unconventional approach to sort of bring to, to grow brands and build businesses. Thanks a lot, Cole, for doing this. I'm super excited about recording this podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. Great. Um, and I know we have we're going to have a very exciting conversation. Jump into a lot of uh, you know objective examples. But just before we do that, maybe Cole, it would be a great idea for the audience if. If you can introduce yourself and, and tell us, you know, a little bit about uh, Gromo in detail. Sure. Um, Gromo is a boutique agency. We're located in Dallas, Texas. Um, I've owned multiple agencies in the past. This agency was really about doing something different. Um, we're really a different kind of consultancy. It helps ambitious leaders really find a better way to grow their brand and their business. Um, we were really always very great about when it came to targeting and getting the right message in front of the right audience. And what we came to find out is really what we were practicing for B2B organizations was account-based marketing. And account-based marketing is, is still pretty new. It's kind of like the wild west from a marketing standpoint. Um, account-based marketing takes a very old approach of emulating what someone does in real life and utilizing digital tactics to really bring that to life. And so, we're able to follow around very specific individual decision makers um, within the B2B world in their um, their buying committee and really put the right message in front of them in the right time. And, and really what account-based marketing is, it's just really great marketing. It's, it's really high-performing marketing. Every dollar that you spend is really um, spent directly to get in front of your target audience and align the right message with them over time and through their uh, buyer journey. Got it. Got it. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that. And, and I'd completely agree with you. I think account-based marketing is becoming more and more prevalent um, in different industries. People are realizing that, you know, without actually giving it a technical name, we've, we've been doing this for years. And, and now we've sort of put a title to it, which is account-based marketing. Um, but, but to some extent, uh, you know, there is a very strong belief that account-based marketing is meant more for uh, B2B companies and, and not for, let's say, B2C companies like healthcare practices. Uh, so, so I'm just curious to learn what made you feel the need for ABM uh, in, in you know, a B2C world and, and how did you realize that you, know, you could utilize B2B uh, uh, you know, for healthcare businesses, uh, essentially ABM for healthcare businesses? Sure. And it really just depends. We work with a lot of different um, healthcare companies and medical marketing research companies. Um, it really just depends on the individual tactics. And, and like you mentioned, I mean, really, you know, what, what account-based marketing is, it's just really good marketing. It's very targeted. It's putting the right message in front of the right people. And so 
whether we're going after, let's say, partnerships where we're trying to grow not just individual one-off um, relationships with individuals from a B2C, B2C standpoint, we're trying to create relationships with parallel organizations that do very similar things that we do, um, but aren't direct competitors. It's a great way to pull in those relationships because you can have that one-to-one marketing approach and put the right content in front of those right users and then really work as a partnership to grow your business um, through our partnerships. Um, I know that's how we've grown from an agency standpoint. Um, we've really worked with other types of partners or vendors that made sense to work with that did kind of the opposite of what we did, but still targeted the, the same direct um, end user and audience. Right. And, and that really can grow from a mass standpoint. So you're not just going after one individual person, you're going after um, lots of individuals that they already have trust that they've built with. Got it. Got it. That's a very interesting way of looking at, uh, I would say, looking at uh, this. And uh, I think, like like I mentioned in my previous conversation as well with you, I've, I've very rarely heard uh, somebody talk about ABM uh, like this, but but I think it just speaks volumes about your experience with ABM. And, and you know, we've been hearing about partnerships in healthcare. What are your thoughts on how healthcare businesses, practices can leverage partnerships to grow their businesses? What kind of partnerships or, you know, what kind of, uh, I would say, partnerships have you seen sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, flourish through an ABM approach for, let's say, healthcare businesses. And also just a follow-up question around that, which we keep getting asked for is because, um, you know, healthcare practices can go after large corporates and, and sort of provide them corporate benefits. But but uh, what kind of persona have you seen uh, healthcare practices especially target through this ABM approach uh, to trying for trying to get partnerships, uh, you know, uh, successful for themselves? Sure, that's a great question, and, and there's a lot, a lot of levels to answer what you just asked. I mean, I would say the first is from a persona standpoint, it really just depends. It really just depends on what your marketing initiative is. I mean, it can be anyone from the actual CEO to the decision maker, all the way down to the head of the marketing team, even to individual doctors and their practices. Um, it, it really just depends on if it's mutually beneficial for both parties and really understanding what your approach would be up front to showcase how you can grow together. I know in my own business, from a marketing standpoint, when I reach out to other um, agency owners specifically, I try to think about if I'm going to create a partnership with them, how will it be mutually beneficial for them and for myself for us to work together? And sometimes um, it's just um, that they, they don't have like a, a recurring way to work with that individual. And I create that for them. Other times, it's just that they want some kind of passive income and they're looking for some way that they can um, gain additional um, revenue just from supplying one person with another with just the information and informing them on how specifically they, they can help the individual audience they're trying to go after. So it really just depends. Um, each one is different. Got it. Got it. No, that's that's uh, definitely an interesting approach. And, and I think, like you said, it really depends on the kind of persona and, and the kind of goals. Uh, I think it's more importantly, what's the goal that you're trying to achieve uh, with, with your uh, you know, ABM uh, marketing sort of efforts. Um, uh, one thing that, you know, Cole, we've, we've learned from healthcare practices many times, and this is just a follow-up question in, in line with the ABM. Uh, do you typically uh, let your healthcare clients 
run the ABM campaigns and you tell them what to do, what kind of tools and technologies they should use, or is all of that in-house for you and uh, you work with clients, help them achieve those results? How's, how's that structured? It's, it's both. And so most of this, in most scenarios, we work like, think of like an orchestra, we work as the conductor, right? Um, you have a marketing department, a sales department, a sales support department. And so, and then you have individual um, people of influence within the organization as well that take a piece of this and the executive team as well. And so the biggest issue that we normally see is that the marketing department and the sales department are usually completely disaligned. Um, the sales department really doesn't think that the marketing department has real value to add and are contributing to going after the specific types of leads or relationships that they're trying to cultivate. And the marketing team really doesn't know specifically how they can support the sales team. And so usually they're putting out content, but what usually falls on deaf ears in the sense of um, they're usually talking to themselves because they really don't know how to build an audience because distribution isn't a main factor. With ABM, sales and marketing create an alignment it's a real focused agenda of who they're going to go after and why, and they both approach it from different sides, and they meet consistently. And what that really does is it creates a very consistent approach, um, a very targeted approach, um, and it's very orchestrated to exactly the types of relationships they're trying to cultivate both from a digital um, or a direct mail standpoint, as well as in real life. And, and these days, especially with COVID, where relationships in real life that have been cultivated for so long has started to fall short, it really gives you the ability to reach out to those people and have those relationships that you had in real life digitally and expand. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with you on that. And, and I think uh, no marketer or no salesperson is ever going to disagree with what you just said about the relationship. Uh, uh, just, just to understand, uh, you know, this a little deeper, would would love to understand, uh, you know, from a healthcare perspective, uh, one, what kind of channels you've seen work re really well, um, and or you know, of course, ABM can be spread across all channels. So, would love to understand, is it, uh, you know, uh, I would say a very well defined or well structured campaign across multiple channels and multiple touch points, or there are a few channels that you see have worked really well for healthcare businesses. And at the same time, what would be your recommendation for from a technology and operation standpoint? What kind of platforms would you recommend for people? Sure, that's a great question. I would say first from a platform standpoint, it really just depends on where your target audience lives. It's different, not even just for each organization or vertical. It's also different um, for the audience specifically. So right. let's say we're trying to create relationships with, let's say, buyers. Um, in, in uh, from an insurance standpoint, right? Like right. if we're trying to connect with them, LinkedIn is probably um, a solid choice to create that relationship. Um, okay. But but let's say we're trying to connect with other doctors and other practices. You would think LinkedIn would probably be one of the first places to go. But actually, we found in our research that Facebook and Instagram actually has had a higher return rate on connecting with doctors than LinkedIn has. So it really just depends. On, on, and you really have to understand your persona. So we do a lot of research up front on each one of those personas to really understand where do they live, what do they read, what are they consuming, so we know how to engage with them the best. Um, but LinkedIn, Facebook, and Google together, we've really seen the best results with, and each platform's used very differently. Like you will use um, social sites like LinkedIn and Facebook to really target um, those individual people, but we'll use Google 
when they're more in a need state, when they're actually researching us and making sure that we're there when they're looking for us in that time of need. And so it's really a combination of both. As far as technologies go, um, your technology stack is, is huge when it comes to ABM or it can be. And you really have to be careful because when you're starting early on with ABM, you can get overwhelmed by the amount of technologies um, that you're able to consume. Um, but I would challenge anyone to, to really think about it in categories. Like you're gonna need some foundational pieces, like you're gonna have to have a solid CRM set up and you're gonna have to know and be able to utilize that both with your, mainly with your sales and your sales support teams. You're gonna have to have a solid marketing automation platform and your marketing team is really going to have to be utilizing that to some degree. Um, from there, you can, the sky's the limit. You, you're going to need to make sure, though, that your data, more than anything, is, is up to date and it's being enriched and that you're keeping it consistent. Data is one of the number one things on why your ABM uh, program fails, just because okay. if you don't have the right data and you're not updating it in a timely manner, and that's data from your sales team, that's data from your targets, that's data from how they're engaging throughout your content. Um, all of those can cause your ABM uh, strategy to fail right up front. Um, but there's lots of other types of categories too. Like we've really started to get more into um, intent data where yeah. you are researching what we call like the dark funnel where almost 70% of the buyer journey happens before they even reach one of your owned platforms like your website or your social media sites. And okay. so that's where you really get more into an advanced um, approach, but I would say having a solid CRM and marketing automation software and making sure that you have a really solid, um, you know, strategy for managing the data that you're putting into that system and keeping up to date is really the key to being successful with ABM. Absolutely. I, I, I think, uh, uh, in, in my experience with Emitter as well and, and with, uh, previous companies, I think whenever we've implemented ABM data does play a very important role. Um, so completely agree with you. Um, uh, you. You mentioned a very interesting point. You said that, uh, you know, for example, if you had to connect with doctors, uh, probably LinkedIn is not the best channel and social media is. Uh, have you, you know, ever uh, been able to understand why that's the case? I think we've, we've had a very similar realization that uh, uh, looks like doctors and dentists and, and healthcare business owners spend more time on social media uh, in in uh, compared to let's say for example spending their time on professional networks like LinkedIn, uh, do you think there is a reason or it's just customer behavior? I think there is a reason actually. So I'm actually married to someone in the medical field, and they work with doctors every okay. day. And I get I get that insight on a daily basis when I go home about how kind of a doctor thinks. And I think more than anything, it's that doctors are busy. Uh, doctors are overwhelmed by, you know, um, medical device reps and pharmaceutical reps and, and their staff and everyone in between asking them for something. And, and their focus mainly is, you know, being the best that they can at their practice and really focusing on their patients' needs. And that's a very strenuous, you know, day-to-day uh, -day thought process. And a lot of people are asking for a lot of things. I think at the end of the day, when they do have time to either do research or even just take time for themselves, the last thing they want to do is connect with someone from a um, like a business standpoint. I think they're going on sites that they're doing research on about things that excite them about right. their industry. I think they're going on to social sites and they're looking at different industry leaders that they want to learn from and being able to engage in the places where they are at when you're, you have them in a mindset where they're more open to listen, 
because you're not pushing something, you know, um, in real life in front of them, you're more presenting it to them in a time where they can engage on their own time, I think is really the key to success with um, gaining traction with doctors. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. And I think that's been our learning as well. Every time we see somebody sign up um, on, on our platform for a demo, we see that's ha not happening through LinkedIn or, or a platform like that. We see that's happening through Facebook, Instagram, or maybe, you know, a digital publication that they love to read just to keep up with what's happening in the totally. world. Yep. Absolutely. Completely agree. Yep. And, and I think you're, you're spot on in understanding your customer persona and, and of course, the insights and reason behind that. Uh, I have a very interesting question around uh, just this approach, um, and which is something that we get asked all the time, uh, which is something that you know everybody keeps thinking about. And, and if you look at companies within the healthcare space, they're leveraging that more and more often. Um, within your ABM uh, research and, and having worked with customers, uh, what are your thoughts on you know uh, cold calling healthcare practices and sort of uh, you know field sales? That's something that we've been hearing about a lot where, uh, you know, let's say, for example, vendors, be it a device company, be it a software company, be it a pharma company, looks like they're still relying a lot on it. Do you think that's still a good touch point to have? Or do you think that that trend seems to be disappearing? Would love to know your thoughts there. I think you're right that it is something that, you know, practices are still utilizing. And I think it's because most medical organizations have just done the same thing from the beginning of time and they really don't know what else to do. I think that you're always going to have to have relationships in real life. I've seen those be very successful. I think it's really taking advantage of, in a positive way, um, how can you amplify those relationships and be there when they're ready? And there, I think there's multiple ways you can approach that. I think you need to be in front of them when they're ready to make a decision. I think you can support field reps um, on an individual basis by figuring out and utilizing even your um, your CRM and your marketing automation software by allowing the field reps to put in notes and being able to meet with them on a consistent basis to see how you can support them from a digital standpoint, putting content that's relevant based on conversations that they've had in real life um, with the individual practitioners. I think that even the process, I think building trust is the most important thing. Um, you know, all all of our target audience, I mean, they, they have people in front of them all of the time. And it's hard sometimes, especially when they're, they're consistently busy to know who to trust and why. And I think, you know, getting past that barrier of trust is really important. I think tactics like, you know, utilizing like an interview type process, even similar to what we're doing today, like podcasts and webinars um, can really work very well with an ABM practice. Um, it automatically builds trust with your end user. It also allows you to um, break down a barrier of entry. If I go to um, a target and I say, hey, I want to have a discovery call with you right off the bat, um, that's, that's a little intimidating. I don't know you and I don't trust yet. Like, why would I, why would, what's in it for me, right? To have that right. meeting. If I come to you and say, hey, I see that you are someone in the space that is highly you know, educated and informative about this subject matter that we're very interested in speaking with you about. We'd love to interview you and share that uh, with our target audience. That breaks that wall of trust immediately and you, and you have trust immediately because who doesn't want to share their knowledge out um, with others? And that allows you to really create a discovery call through a series of questions 
um, that doesn't seem so intense up front. And then I think you can build relationships from the audiences that they already have as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think you're, you're absolutely right that it's a lot about relationship building. And, and it's not, um, I think trust and relationship building are the two keywords that I would take away from here. And it's not just, uh, you know, it, it's not a channel where you can assume I will walk into a healthcare practice and I'll make a sale without ever having to meet them, you know, without having, ever having met them before. I think that's, that's definitely not the truth, especially not now. Um, and and I'd, I'd completely agree with you. I do have a slightly an off-topic question, but, but very relevant in today's time, especially that we are in, in a COVID world. Um, um, you know, when we speak to leaders uh, about ABM, one of the touch points in their ABM strategy is, uh, you know, events and offline events, meeting with healthcare practices, meeting with healthcare decision makers. Um, now, when we did a research, what we figured out was that year on year, the healthcare events are, uh, you know, losing their audience. The, the, the audience is reducing year on year. Uh, but some research also says that uh, that post-COVID or even now things will go back completely to normal and healthcare events will take off the way they were before. Would just love to learn, although I know there is no absolute answer to this, whether what's going to happen, but would just love to learn what, what are your thoughts from just being in the industry? What have you seen? Sure. I think that people crave wanting to be around each other in real life. Um, I think that to some degree that there will always be these types of marketing or, uh, you know, type marketing type events in real life where they're, you know, getting to have one-on-one -on -one networking capabilities. I think people crave that. I think we'll see them re-engage in a much different way than we have in the past. I know for us, one of our practices, um, has been, how do we support, um, different organizations when they have marketing events. Um, we, we do a very different ABM process when it comes to either marketing events or trade shows. Um, we'll actually do a very technical, um, approach where we'll geofence those events and create some kind of target for that target audience while someone's actually at those events or even if they're not. And because it's a great way to target um, your, you know, a group of people that are your exact audience that are all in one place. And usually we give something to get something. I always think about it as like, you know, the old trade show days or networking event, they used to have um, like the throw your business card in a fishbowl scenario. Right. Um, people at a trade show would walk by, they're all busy. They've seen, a, you know, they've seen a million different and met with a million different people. And so they ask you just to throw your, your business card into a fishbowl and they usually do some kind of drawing. Usually it's an iPad or dinner, whatever is relevant to that target audience. Okay. We usually take that approach and emulate it with digital. And so usually we'll create an ad and say, hey, we're, you know, we're here at this event or we're at booth XYZ and we'd love for you to come by. But, you know, um, we're giving away the same kind of, you know, you know, items that you would give away in that scenario, only we're asking you to push one button on your phone and, right. and it will gather your information right there and then. And we'd like to meet with you after the event when you ha we have your focused attention. And a lot of times what we see is not only do we get a large amount of inquiries into that, um, we don't have to combat with all the noise at those events right. uh, to try to, to win their attention. Um, and it's usually much more successful for us. Wow. That's a very interesting thing. I think, uh, I think what uh, the essence of what I understand is that at an event, even if you don't have a direct competitor who's who's exhibiting, 
you're essentially competing with everybody else as well. Uh, because, uh, you know, it, everyone else, whether or not they're a competitor, are taking away that attention. And uh, I think the, the strategy that you've used to sort of incentivize, get their attention outside of event is, is a really great strategy. Great. Um, I think this, this, all of this has been super, super helpful. Um, coming to Gromo Agency, would love to learn um, if, if you can talk to us about the kind of results that you've been able to generate, maybe for one or two of your customers. It'll, it'll just be helpful for, uh, you know, it'll, it'll help be helpful further for our audience to understand the benefits of ABM. Sure. Uh, most of the organizations that I work with, and, and this goes for most all B2B organizations, um, haven't done a huge amount of digital, or if they have, they really just dip their toe in the water. They've run some ads here or there. Um, there's right. never really been a strategic play. The idea is to emulate what a sales team does in real life. And so that's really what we try to focus on. So even in the first 30 to 60 to 90 days, we really take a big focus on understanding what already works for you and how can we amplify that? And so we've done that for multiple businesses, especially during COVID. I know a lot of businesses suffered during COVID. We had the opposite approach. It was almost like having the cure for cancer because it was the first time that um, a lot of organizations, since they couldn't meet in real life, you know, actually started to say, hey, we need to do something different and, and we need to find a very outside of the box approach. And ABM gave them that approach because it emulated what they would not only do in real life, but every dollar they were spending was really to get in front of the target audience and get in front of them exactly where they were in the time that they were ready to speak. Right. And so we've done that for multiple different businesses all through the healthcare or medical research company. We've done that for multiple multi-location type businesses that have practices all over. Um, all the way to, you know, big, you know, Fortune 500 companies um, that provide some kind of uh, healthcare system. And what we found is, is that everyone is different, but everyone sees a larger increase in both revenue and the velocity on how deals are closing faster. One of our clients specifically that we started with around two years ago um, needed a whole go-to-market strategy. Um, they already had a, a main brand and they were launching a sister brand and, um, and they hadn't had a ton of results. They had a decent sized sales team um, and they really were trying to figure out not only how to penetrate the end user, they also had to think about how to influence the different partnerships they needed to create both with um, insurance companies, with other organizations, with, with different medical facilities and hospitals. Um, so there were a lot of components to that. And we saw a rise in about 120 um, actual organizations that they ended up working with percentage-wise um, over the last two years, which was huge for them. Their revenue was up higher than it ever had been before. Um, and, and it really was just aligning their sales and marketing team and emulating what they were already doing in real life, but doing it in a way that we could reach people at scale. Got it. Got it. So th that's really interesting because I think uh, apart, apart from just scaling what's already working for them, you also help them figure out in some cases what's working for them, how they can scale it. Uh, in some cases, what else can they try and help, out, help them figure out their go-to-market and, and of course help them align their teams better, which I think is very, very interesting because uh, uh, in, in a lot of cases, we hear people saying that uh, you know, we will help you generate more demand, but I think uh, your process also goes a step further in saying that we'll help you generate demand, figure out how to generate demand, 
but we'll also help you understand how you can essentially cater to that demand by making sure all the teams are aligned better. So that's, that's I think, super helpful. I completely agree. I think that's one of the biggest disalignments and, and really like a lot of companies when we start to work with them, um, we remind them we're not just a marketing agency or more than that. Uh, really focusing on that sales and marketing alignment and creating those efficiencies are really where we see companies take off. People and companies that embrace that. And it's a hard, it's a hard challenge. Like when you first sit down with a marketing and a sales and an executive team, the sales support team, and you tell them, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take time to get aligned. Um, that's really scary for them. It's 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 is this gonna take more of my time? Right. Is this is this something that we really need to focus in? I've already done what I do on a daily basis and that works for me. Why would I change? Um, but when an organizational leader sees um, those results and sees how those teams are working together, I've had multiple leaders tell me, if you were to tell me in the beginning that you would align all of my teams, I would have told you you're crazy. But now that I see how efficient they're all working together, I mean, that's their dream, right? Have all the teams working right. efficiently together with one goal in mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do remember, uh, uh, you know, attending one of the, uh, one of the inbound uh, events by HubSpot. I think this was back in 20, uh, 2017, if I remember correctly. And, and I remember the CEO of HubSpot, he mentioned something very interesting. He said he met Elon Musk and he asked Elon Musk that how do you, you, know, how do you achieve so many difficult things? How, how do you build five companies that are completely changing the world? And he said that I just focus on one thing. I, 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 I consider every employee as a vector and I make sure all my vectors are aligned and everything else then falls into place. I think very similar thought to what you just mentioned, that that alignment is super, super important. Completely agree. Yep. Great. Um, great. I think this, this session has been super helpful and super, you know, I think I've, I've personally learned so much, so many objective things from you, Cole. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience? And in case somebody wants to get in touch with you to understand how, how your business and uh, how your uh, marketing agency can help them, uh, what would be the best way to get in touch? Sure. And like I said earlier in the podcast, I mean, we believe that, you know, every brand is different and that it takes a very unique approach to each strategy to achieve the goals that they want. And so um, anyone can reach us at um, our website, gromoagency.com. Um, there's a contact form there as well as our number. And our discovery process is very simplistic. Uh, we just start with the discovery call and really learn all about your business. We ask a lot of questions. Uh, we interview stakeholders. And then we, come, we walk away and then come back just like a doctor would, thinking about not only what you say that you want, but really thinking about what you need from a prescription standpoint. Um, and, yeah. and then we work together to achieve those goals together. Got it. Got it. Yep, absolutely. And I think, uh, uh, you know, having spent years in marketing and sales, I would, I would completely, you know, let uh, emphasize on the fact that uh, alignment is super important. And I would love the audience to know that what goal is offering. It's super unique and super helpful. So if, if anybody's looking for this service, they should definitely reach out to Cole. Um, great, Cole, this has been super, super helpful. And, and I sincerely want to thank you for being on the podcast. As you know that we want to try and keep this effort as an evergreen effort. Um, would, is, I would love to learn if you know of another leader who's as experienced, as uh, knowledgeable and understands the market uh, as you, who you would want to refer to be on the podcast. Sure, I would love to put you in touch with uh, Mark Berenger. He is a very renowned um, paid media specialist that works with a lot of different types of healthcare companies. He can talk from a technical aspect 
really how to utilize the platforms to the best of your abilities to reach your target audience. For sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, it'd be great. Uh, and, and we'd love, definitely love to host him and learn more about his experience. Great. Um, it, it's been a pleasure hosting you on the podcast, Cole. Thanks a lot again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. Awesome. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emitter's Podcast. Want to learn how you can reduce your new patient missed calls and grow your practice by 40% today? Take a look at emitrr.com.